Lord, our colleagues, as we journey together in this great walk of faith, would you meet us now in this time of your word? We've come to be encouraged and equipped and informed to be greater men in the kingdom of God, that you might use us for your honor and glory. So speak to us now. Take control of me, your servant, my mind, my thoughts, and give me preaching power and preaching permission for these, your servants. And we'll give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First Kings chapter 2. Come on, stand for the reading of God's holy word. Just four verses. First Kings chapter 2, 1 through 4. Now the days of David drew near that he should die, brothers. And he charged Solomon, his son, saying these words. I go the way of all the earth, son. Be strong. And therefore, prove yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord your God. To walk in his ways. To keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, and his testimonies. As it is written in the law of Moses. That you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. That the Lord may fulfill his word, which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons take heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all of their heart and with all of their soul, he said, You shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. And all God's men said, I'm going to tag this message for our first session tonight. A kingdom man, a man after God's own heart. You may be seated. Brothers, in our text tonight, there's a powerful picture of what I call the transfer of powers. It's from one man to another. You see, David, the king of Israel, is dying. And his son Solomon is next in line to inherit the throne. Now, in the midst of this holy exchange, we get to see the tenderness of a father and the attentiveness of a son in a covenant dialogue about life, living, and legacy. I'm going to need you to help me preach tonight, so come on, say amen. amen. David does several things in this passage, brothers. He instructs, he imparts, and he informs his son about what it really means to be a man. And that's what I want to talk to us tonight about, brothers, in this second annual men's conference. Let's look tonight at the father's charge for his son, the father's challenge for his son, and the father's commission for his son. Let me say that again for the note takers, okay? Let's look at the father's charge for his son, the father's challenge for his son, and the father's commission for his son. Are y'all gonna help me do it tonight? Yes. 
Amen. Well, keep your Bibles open on your phones, boot it up. The Bible says now it was in the days of David that it came time for him to die. And so he charged Solomon, his son, saying, I'm going all the way or I'm going the way rather of all the earth. So be strong and prove yourself a man. My brothers, when we come to this first pericope of the text, we discover that the time has come for the old king to make his transition from the throne to eternity. So David gathers the new king elect and he draws him in close for an intimate discussion before he departs. He says to his boy, son, I'm dying. And as the new king, I want you to be strong and be the man that I know you can be. Be strong in your manhood. Be strong in your identity. Be strong in your calling. These are the words of a father, a warrior, a king. A leader, a man who's after God's own heart. And he's encouraging his son in one of the most challenging times of his life, Jediah. This very thing he instructs him to do is, is to be strong because he knows it's difficult. His dad's dying in front of his eyes. I believe that David knows Life is going to do a job on Solomon if he's not strong. I believe, Brother Steve, that David thinks Solomon has got to be aware of the pitfalls that come with being a king. And I could appreciate David's sober charge tonight, brother, his compassionate plea for his sons because he knows he's getting ready to inherit a heavy mantle. That comes with great responsibility. Can I park the car long enough and tell you that manhood comes with great responsibility. See, he's not going to be able to serve on the throne as a weak man. He's got to pay attention to himself, his ways and his living. Here's the application. Because I think this is a good place for the men of thunder to hear this. Brothers, as we live, as we love, and as we lead in this life, the call to Solomon is our call. It's a call to be strong. Be men who walk like men. Be men who talk like men. Be men who love like men. Be men who live like men and who serve as men. See, it means something to be confident, courageous, compassionate, caring, and a covenant man. A man who's not afraid to live on mission for God in a fallen world. Can I get an amen right there? Be strong, my brothers. Let me say this just for the record. 
I don't think David is talking about toxic masculinity here. No, 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 no. Don't get it twisted. No, I don't think he is encouraging Solomon to be ruthless or stone cold hearted with people. I believe he's telling Solomon this so that Solomon will know how to live life with purpose. With a plan and in pursuit of something greater than him. And I believe this because of what he says next. I've given you Solomon's charge. Let me show you now Solomon's challenge. In verse 3 he says, be strong Solomon and, you see the connection there? Keep the charge of the Lord your God. Walk in his ways. Keep his statutes. Keep his commandments. Keep his judgments. And keep his testimonies. As it is written in the law of Moses. Why dad? That you may prosper son. In all that you do. And wherever you turn. Can I work right here brothers? I feel my help tonight. I just might preach a little bit. Here we see David give Solomon five critical pieces of information to help him be strong and to be a man after God's own heart. Somebody holler five. five. Now all five of these are what I call opposites of what a toxic man looks like. Number one, to be strong in God, he's going to have to walk in the ways of God. Let me say it like this. Walk like God walks. Number two, to be strong in God, he's got to keep his statutes. Well, what are statutes, chap? Those things that have been appointed by God for man to do in the earth. Number three, to be strong in God, he has to keep God's commandments. Why? Because man is to obey the word of the Lord in every area. Somebody say every area of his life. Number four, to be strong in God, Solomon has to keep his judgments. What does that mean? It means to be just in everything that he does. Say everything. And then number five, he says, Solomon, to be strong in God, you got to keep God's testimonies. I love this. What are God's testimonies? It's the stories that God tells about himself for himself to explain himself. Hold those testimonies. Keep them. David is challenging Solomon to be godly. What does that mean? Walk at it. Or rather, work at it, walk in it, and willingly model for others what a man ought to look like in leadership as he labors, as he lives, and as he loves. This is challenging in a culture that makes you want to shrink back. This is challenging in a culture that makes you want to bow down. This is challenging in a culture that tears you down, pokes jokes at the husband, pokes jokes at the father, pokes jokes about being a godly man. It's challenging. Secondly, I noticed that these five things, they are also indicators that are going to help people to get to know their king. 
They're going to get you identify the king as being a man after God's own heart. If he does this, you want somebody to see you? You want somebody to like you, to follow you? It ain't what you post, it's how you post up. Can I say some more? If he does these things, he will lead. People will not get to just know him, but they will want to follow him. And David wants his son to be known by people, but most of all, to be known by God. See, if Solomon would do what David was declaring and commanding, he would be known by God and men in the earth. Nephew, I'm glad you're here from Cali. Glad you're visiting. I ran across a story. I think you'll find this interesting. There was a great preacher whose name was Watchman Nee. And Dr. Nee tells a story about a young man who recently converted to Christianity and got saved in the faith, but was struggling in his walk. And he came to his pastor. He said, Pastor Nee, uh, I can't seem to follow God every area of my life. I'm struggling in my walk. I'm struggling with my desires. And, and I just think I've lost my salvation. Pastor Nee said to the young man, he said, son, do you see my dog that's here with me? The young man said, yes, sir. He said, he's house trained. He never makes a mess. He's obedient to everything I say. And he's a pure delight to me. But you see my baby boy over there in the kitchen? He said, he always makes a mess. He throws his food around. He poops in his clothes. He's a total mess. But you know who's going to get my inheritance when I die? It won't be my dog. It's going to be my son. And guess what David wants to let Solomon know? Guess what? You're going to get the inheritance that God has for you. Guess what, brothers? No matter how much you mess up. I'm glad right there I got a father who loves me beyond my mess ups. It's going to be challenging, but my call is to still walk in his ways. Are you listening here? All I'm trying to say, if you mess up, get up. Are you listening, brothers? High five your neighbor and tell him, I think that's good news. I think that's good news. We've looked at the father's charge for his son and the father's challenge for his son. Let me show you now the father's commission for his son. David says in verse 4, Solomon, do these things that the Lord may fulfill his word. Or another way to say that he may keep his promise, which he spoke concerning me, saying, if your sons take heed to their way, to walk before me in truth with all their hearts and with all their soul. David, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. You hear the condition? Okay, let me, let me work right here in this passage and I'm through. As we come to the end of this lesson, we get to see a father's commission to his son. David says to his son, son, may the Lord fulfill his word that he spoke to me concerning your life. David says to Solomon, Solomon, take heed to your ways. Walk before God in truth and with all your soul, 
all of your being, if you'll do this, you will never have to worry about your job as the king of Israel. You will always have reign on the throne. What a commission. What a divine promise. What a proclamation. What a powerful, prolific picture of a future ministry legacy. I love that. See, if Solomon did his part, God was going to impart to the family a long ruling dynasty that would be protected by God and ordained by God. Here it is. Angelus, if you will do what I told you to do in your word, the Wilson name is going to be all right. You're going to be able to make it as a husband. You're going to be able to make it as a dad. You're going to be able to make it as a brother in the kingdom of God. You got to keep my word. You got to walk with me. You got to talk with me. You got to live with me. Am I talking to anybody today? Listen, here's what I learned in this passage. Dr. Health, I think you'll appreciate this. I learned from reading this when an older man is able to pass down the blessing and the young men are able to take heed to the blessing, the generations to follow will have a chance to make it with the blessings of God. Look at somebody and tell them, you matter, man. You matter. You matter. There's something powerful about this short passage. Because in it, we see a charge, a challenge, and a commission that's to come. And when I look at David's blessing, and I'm almost through, given to his son, I'm reminded of another king. Jesus. See, Jesus would be a greater king than David. A king who would pass down another blessing to all of humanity. Am I right, family? King Jesus, on his departure from earth, he left you and I a legacy as sons of God. He gave us a charge to keep. I can't hear nobody talking to me tonight. He gave us a challenge to live into. Come on, Thunder, make some noise in here. He gave us a commission to carry out. Why? That the world may know who he is and why he came to redeem mankind. Now, I can't say it like I feel it, but there was a preacher whose name was Dr. S.M. Lockridge. And he preached a sermon that was called, That's My King. And I'm going to borrow a little of his sermon and give it to you on my way down. In that sermon, Dr. Lockridge says that Jesus was a king that was a seven-way king. He said, he's the king of the Jews, and that's a racial king. He's the king of Israel, and that's a national king. He's the king of righteousness, the king of the ages, the king of heaven, the king of glory. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's a kingdom man. Can I say some more? As a king, he's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. 
He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. He's a kingdom man. He's the greatest phenomenon that ever crossed the horizon of humanity. He's God's son. He's the sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands in the solitude of himself. Can I say some more? He's just awesome. He's unique, unparalleled, unprecedented. He's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem in higher criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. He's the miracle of the age, superlative of everything good that you call him. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. He's a kingdom man. Can I say some more? He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and he sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick, cleanses the lepers, forgives the sinners, discharges debtors, delivers captives, defends the feeble, blesses the young, serves the unfortunate, regards the age, rewards the diligent, and beautifies the meek. He's a kingdom man. I got more. Can you handle it? He's the key to knowledge, the wellspring of wisdom, the doorway of deliverance, the pathway of peace, the roadway of righteousness, the highway of holiness, the gateway of glory. That's my king. His office is manifold. His promise is sure. His light is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient and his reign is righteous. That's my king. Can you handle some more? The Bible says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He's indescribable, incomprehensible, invincible irresistible you can't get him off your mind and you can't get him off your hand you can't live without him and you can't yeah love without him the pharisees couldn't stand him but they found out they couldn't stop him Pilate found no fault in him herod couldn't kill him death couldn't handle him and the grave couldn't hold him he's a kingdom man and guess what he passed to you? The same power, the same authority, the same ability, the same calling. The question is, do you know who you are? You're a kingdom man, born from on high, born to be a man after God's own heart. Let's give God some praise. Would you stand with me in this great auditorium? I'm going to ask if the band would come back. And I want you to find another man in this room. Find another man in this room to start this conference. And just grab him by the hand and say, brother, how can I pray for you? Go ahead and find him right now. Find another man. Brother, how can I pray for you? And once they tell you.
pray for them. The band is going to play softly for us. You're worthy of it all. How can I pray for you? How can I pray for you?